Welcome to Tech Bytes from the Packet Pushers, a 15-minute conversation at the intersection of technology and business. Appster is our sponsor for today's episode, and we're going to discuss Appster support for the Sonic Enterprise distribution. This is a disaggregated network OS. Our guests are Sean Hafiz. He is VP of Product Management, and Jeff Tansora, Head of Networking Strategy from Appstra. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the show. So first question is, are you seeing enterprises actually adopting Sonic, and if so, why? I think we should start a bit with history of Sonic. The effort started by Microsoft many years ago, but in 2016 had been contributed to OCP, and this led to massive innovation and increased adoption. So we see that finally the feature set that had been built around Sony is suitable for enterprises. We see that features like VPN, VXLAN are coming, and this allows common enterprise or Delta DC to deploy Sonic as is, obviously with our help. Sean. So this is this transition where Sonic was really came out of Microsoft's cloud efforts and they pushed it into the open source community. And what you're indicating here is that the feature set has now been iterated on, added to, um, contributed to by traditional enterprise vendors. So Broadcom, Dell, Edgecore, Mellanox, and so forth. And you're, the point is, is that Sonic is now enterprise ready. Yeah, hyperscale feature set is obviously not enterprise. There's a lot of legacy things that the hyperscales don't have to deal with. I mean, the reality is is that the the hyperscales will be pushing down as far as they can with layer three. Enterprise still has requirements for layer two. And so, as you said, companies like Broadcom, Dell, Edgecore, Mellanox, that all have really worked to bring this feature set from out of the cloud to the enterprise, and we're working to support their efforts. We're vendor agnostic as a rule, and so for us, supporting more options to the end user is in our DNA. I think it might be worth just quickly recapping that Appstra is an SDN controller or an SDN application that configures the switches. And in that sense, there's not so much going on. Like your dependency on Sonic is that it works and does the things that you need it to do, not that it's got a million features per se, or is there something I'm missing there? Um. <laughs> So our, our, we have a set of test it reference designs that we've built with the customer that solve many mm. of the customer's use cases. And the instantiation of those reference designs within an Appstra AOS control blueprint um, doesn't care about the underlying hardware. Uh, we yeah. test and validate the hardware and software NOS combination for the correct features. But for us, it's just a black box in which we push, say, please yeah. do this. That's a unique part about the Avstra solution is you're not highly integrated with the hardware. You There is a level of uh, you're supporting both, but unbundling them to make the most of, of the solution the customer wants. Yeah, one of the I think one of the key points about you saying that is, is, is that data normalization is really important. So the other thing is, is that if you're trying to understand what's going on in your network, and in one network you have Cisco, and the other network you have Juniper, and the other network you have Cumulus, and the other network you have mm. Sonic, it becomes, or Arista becomes a problem. And so from... If you use AOS to manage this, it's completely normalized across uh, the entire set. So from a user standpoint, you can see what's going on and get like-to-like comparisons, even if the underlying hardware is different. So I think the reason there's enterprise reluctance around the disaggregation model is there are concerns about complexity. How is this going to affect operations? Can I get support? Things like that. Do you guys feel like these concerns are legitimate and are the benefits of disaggregation compelling enough to overcome them? Absolutely. So why people want to disaggregate? People want to decouple lifecycle of software from hardware, and it's done through side interface on Sonic, as well as actually being able to choose the best piece of software they like, yeah. which creates complexity and interdependency between different pieces of software and hardware used by Sonic. 
So how are we addressing this? We abstract the differences and, you know, as network engineers, we are used to configuring devices through single interface, being CLI, NetConf, something else, mm -hmm. but we expect end-to-end -end configuration. On Sonic, you have four different files interfaces that you need to use to get something working. So iOS provides single workflow that hides these interdependencies and allows you to focus on services and configuration of services and monetary services rather than I need to go into CLI and configure part of FRR and then go to Redis and configure part of VLAN. It's all hidden away by AOS. That's AOS, the after operating system that's uh, doing this. Um, the complexities that might exist in Sonic, you're saying you guys with the AOS operating system, abstract that away so that it's one interface just as if we were using a traditional integrated OS and hardware platform. Yeah, absolutely. It hides away this complexity and interaction between different surfaces and subparts of the Sonic ecosystem. Okay, so if I need to do something in FRR, which is the, the routing stack inside Sonic, I don't have to worry about going into each Sonic distribution and, and tweaking it. I do it all from AOS. Yes. Right. Moreover, yeah. if you want to provide reliability, high resiliency, there are some interdependencies, how you save files, how you reload them. And iOS takes care of this very, very high level of resiliency. We ensure mm -hmm. that whatever you save, whatever you reload, it's always repeatable and reversible. I, I like to push down that, uh, you know, I got my start as a network engineer back in the 90s. And, uh, you know, when you first, you, you start with the Cisco world, you always did. And then when you sat down at your first Juno's box, it was completely different. And the other vendors sort of followed the Cisco model and all of a sudden Juniper did something different. But it turned out why it was different. There were still enough similarities to provide you some sort of guide to what you're doing, right? Mm. The commands were similar enough. There was a single place to poke. And if you are a user in the enterprise going in cold in the case of Sonic, you've got a yeah. problem because you don't know which container or subsystem to poke in order mm. to make sure of what you want. And that was exactly the question I was going to say is that Sonic is not a single command line and then you talk to all the apps inside the router. You actually talk to FRR as one app. You talk to the Linux to talk to the interfaces on the switch is another. And if you want to configure ACLs, you'd go over to this part of the operator. All of these are disparate. They're not unified. The, each one of those um, feature sets, like FRR is one project and the, the, the NOS and the SI, it's not immediately obvious how to run this. It is something Sonic is for experienced players in a sense, like it's a, it, but it's, um, but AOS sits over the top and does all that work for me. And I get the advantages of generic hardware, an operating system which has got all the latest features in it, but AOS is actually just taking away all that complexity. And I, I can spin up to that over time if I wanted to. I don't have to confront that challenge face on. I can sneak up on that and learn a bit at a time. Yeah. Um, it, one of the things that's great about this, sorry, let me just say this, is that if you're trying to learn how a new NOS does something and you know how an old NOS does something, in AOS, you can build the entire blueprint, select Cisco, select what you know, and look at the config, and then switch it to Sonic and look at the config. Yeah. Side mm. by side, you can see and you can learn. Mm. You talk about having to poke all these different containers and all these different changes. Within our reference design, within our user design, supported reference design, we just make this work and we guarantee that to the end user. And if the end mm. user is interested in peeling back the onion on Sonic and understanding how it works, we have a team of great people and we'll actually spend the time explaining it to the user and teaching the user. It's part of our mm. sort of high touch service that we really just care about making the user's uh, intent a reality. Let's just take a minute to understand why I would use Sonic instead of something else. Is it just cost or is it better? 
or is it in a, what are, what are the functionality from a customer point of view? If I get switches running Sonic, what do I win? So you could say a disaggregation is an abstract term, right? You just move one part away from another. However, here you could choose best hardware with best software. Practically, even within software, now you could choose between FRR to Junos to NXAS. There is really thriving ecosystem of vendors on both sides to deliver this. Cost is obvious consideration because it's free. Hmm. The, 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 other, the other interesting thing about this is, is that you end up buying the NOS separate from the hardware. It's like buying Windows or buying a Red Hat license. And so the underlying hardware, you can buy that server from you know, uh, Fujitsu or HP or Supermicro or whatever white box is the cheapest, right? This is the same thing. You go and you say, is it is it Delta? Is it Quanta? Is it Mellanox? Is it, you know, uh, one of the, is it Edge Core? Is it one of these box providers that have the ASIC mm. and the feature set that I need to support this? And then you can send it out to bid. And you can just guarantee that it will work, right? It's exactly like you handle your Linux servers today. Really, really, really useful for larger organizations where you don't just have like 10 or 20 switches, in which case you've got hundreds of switches to support. Having that ability to choose this vendor this quarter and this vendor this quarter, and maybe there are stocking problems. You know, we have supply chain challenges going on in the world. And this ability to use AOS, the Appstra's AOS over the top, and then the actual hardware can be what I've got in my network as I transition for something. That sounds like a possible use case to me. Absolutely. And uh, if you look, at, there's a gap when you take someone else's software and someone else's hardware, right? Neither party might have validated the combination. On our side, and we are completely CICD-driven company, any change that goes into software being tested millions of times a week, 50,000 times an hour, right? So we take your hardware, we take Sony, and we run all variety of different tests, all possible scenarios you could use. And some of them are, you know, very, very complex with thousands of endpoints, millions of mm. routes. So we as Abstra validate and guarantee that the combination of software and hardware is going to work for you. And I'd like to point out, just as an aside, that we use our own software. We have two production networks, a five-stage and a three-stage, that contain a version of every vendor as a spine and as a leaf with every operating system. And they mm -hmm. are wired together running EVPN and DCI. And, uh, you know, we upgrade that on a regular basis to our latest bleeding-edge code. Um, we depend on our own stuff to be able to work. Um, Eat your own mm -hmm. dog food. Yeah. <laughs> there is a question that I wanted to ask. If I'm using a different uh, network OS in my environment and I want to bring in Sonic, can I run two different network operating systems under my Appstra umbrella simultaneously? Not on the same device, obviously, but in uh, on different switches, but still under Appstra? Absolutely. Yeah. As you go through design process with AOS, you choose hardware very, very late in the process. All the definitions are logical. So you choose switch that has 3,200 gigs. Could be really anything. When you go to mm -hmm. apply this configuration, you would choose Sonic or Arista or Cisco or Juniper. May you wish to change it, it's just three clicks away. You change Y by another, you recable, you're done. And I'd like to add here that, you know, the best thing about standards is there are so many to choose from. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the reality is, is if you look at the, if you remember the original implementation of MPLS, 
the Cisco and Junos ones, there were some growing pains in interacting. And EVPN is the same way. Um, and so us as a company, we're actually testing these interactions between Cisco and Arista and Juniper and, and uh, Cumulus and Sonic and all these platforms. And there are various interesting behaviors between their EVPN implementations. And we account for that and we can tell you what those are and we can dive down and we can just make sure it works. Um, it's not, it, this will get better over time. Um, but right now, one of the things that you get is the peace of mind for us that you say, hey, I've got this Cisco network and I have the Sonic thing. Does it work? And we'll look at this and say, yes, yes, it works. And to give a simple example to provision ESI multi-homing, it will take you three clicks. It's mm -hmm. months of my work making sure everything is working. The last bit, reverse engineering, what different vendors done, how to analyze this data. That's what I pay you for, Jeff. That's why I buy <laughs> products from vendors is because they have done the hard work for me, right? Yep. There is absolutely a place for people who go out and get Python and write automation scripts, and six months or 12 months into the process, they learn really hard lessons on how hard it is to sustain these things. And I keep saying to people, you need to think carefully about whether you want to maintain that or whether you want to pay somebody to write this automation for you. So and I'm glad you're in charge of that, and I'm not. Right? <laughs> because, and you know what's and also important? We provide coherent feature set on the platform from design to deployment to validation, because otherwise you might be using 15 different tools that do different things. And what do you do with it? How do you make I, it actionable? I'd like to push down on the, the thing you said about writing your own stuff. Look, I'm capable of writing my own Ansible playbooks and building a network. And then next day somebody makes a change. What happens, right? Like, do you have, like, are you thinking about doing your own automation in the sense where you're creating your own uh, GitHub repository, your own service tracking, mm -hmm. your own change tracking, right? Like, like doing this for a network yourself is the same thing as doing a software project. And you have to be willing to put in the resources to do it. The great yes. thing about our platform is we're doing it for you. That's, that's our expertise. You should focus on your business and automate the things mm -hmm. that are important to your business and not automate things where you can buy an off-the-shelf solution that solves your problem. That's right. I keep saying to people you should be running your Python and your Ansible on top of AOS or Absolutely. your SDN, right? And let the SDN do the hard work and then you're actually delivering the value for minimum effort because you don't get paid any extra for all that extra work. <laughs> just to, it, just to, it, it, it just become it just becomes a giant pile of things oh, to keep track yeah. of and technical debt. So let's uh, let's have a look at some of the customers you in the as we prepared for today's show. You uh, brought out a couple of customers that you want to talk about and to talk about so the, some of the real world experiences. Yeah. So the one thing I want to say is I can't name customers right now, but we'll give you yeah. some idea what they are. So I'm a PM, so I look at the data, right, and the data. The data and a bit of crystal ball view of the future is how we plan what we're doing. What I can tell you is that 75% of our existing customer base is asking us about Sonic for Enterprise and its details, and they're asking us for help about doing PSCs. And if I was a betting man, I'd say probably one third of those are actually going to go to production right now uh -huh. uh, that I feel comfortable with. Um, I can tell you that Sonic is driving new customer engagements. People that look for information on Sonic are coming to us, and we're happy to help. Uh, mm. And the space of customers is really interesting. So, so you have the large uh, uh, retail firms for their cloud portals that are looking at this, and then you have the big data processors. Uh, you know, they want uh, fast and most importantly, cost-effective networks. And when you think of this, people miss the reality of who these users really are. You know, you expect the government, you expect technology. Mm. But we have real-world instances of oil and gas 
funny enough, considering the state of the industry, but they're looking at this, they're using this. We have insurance and banking that are using yeah. this because, because bringing EVPN solves the banking problem with the legacy L2 apps. You so it solves the segmentation problem. Yes, absolutely. So if we are looking at 5G, there's increasing need for disaggregation. We've got mobile edge computing. We've got disaggregation in run. Mm. And all of them require packet processing. They all require switching in different form factors. Should be smaller, more cost-optimized, more energy-optimized. Having single nodes that could run a different piece of hardware but provide same interface, same experience to operationals really helps you to reduce OPEX. So this is another part of customers we see more and more engagements with. Uh, 5G would be almost perfect for the abstract AOS, that idea that you can have a controller sitting on top of a, a fairly diverse set of hardware. Let's telcos really move forward with that fabric at the edge of their networks. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very good use case. So if we've piqued your interest, uh, you should go over to appster.com slash packet dash pushers to find more. That's appster.com slash packet dash pushers. If you want to learn more about uh, Appster AOS and how they're working with Sonic and other network OSs. Uh, thank you, Jeff and Sean, for joining us. And thanks to Appster for being a sponsor. You can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.